Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Classic Lenses Podcast. My name part is- two. <laughs> yeah, 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 part two. Hey, um, what happened there, Simon? Things, things went wrong with part one and uh, things went very badly uh, wrong with part one. And yeah, good talking to you twice today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like deja vu all over again a second that fucking was the best time. Po- that was the best podcast we ever did, don't you think? I think it was really serious. It was so f- yeah, our very best podcast. If Simon was even laughing and he couldn't, I know. Couldn't laugh laughing. Yeah, he lost it. I, yeah. I did. I, I completely lost it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. So this, now I'm this, drunk, this, and you're uh, you're all hot. The, you're all uh, now you're drunk on your tequila and i'm tired <laughs> okay, okay well well dear uh, listeners okay. we've okay we've we've peaked <laughs> way too soon today um because <laughs> we did a podcast earlier and it was really good it was a, this is the second time i've used this analogy now it's like with tenacious d uh when they with the song <laughs> tribute um where they sing a song about the best song that's ever the best rock song ever yeah. made that, that was played to the devil and uh and and he, he said things like are you angels <laughs> no we are just men and uh, and and things like that um it was it was really that good um, but unfortunately a technical problem uh, with my computer um which i say i'm thinking of actually blaming on ethan moses of camera dactyl fame uh yeah i think so I think it's, yeah. it's, it's it's ethan's fault that's yep. that's that's pretty much it because i was having a chat with uh, ethan over the last couple of days uh, because i've been trying to make this camera um shutter speed tester and I've been waiting for these parts to come from China for a long time. And they, they finally, well, the final piece finally turned up uh, a few days ago. And uh, I tried to get this, everything working. And Ethan did a, a, a great video of how you plug one bit into another and so on. And I'm a, yeah, it's, it's not really my thing, but I was able to follow follow what, what needed, to be, needed to be done. Um, but it turned out that this, I, I needed to change a port um, or there's something wrong with one of the ports on my computer, and it just uh, so happens those ports also control things like microphones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so wait a minute! This is what ruined the podcast was this damn camera dactyl shit. Apart from a, a piece from China, like in <laughs> Armageddon, yeah, ruined our podcast. Really? <laughs> they 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 did. Yeah, it's all Huawei's uh, fault or God. whoever whoever's oh wrong with this this God. week. Tariffs, trade war. Yes. So so. Ultimately, um, uh, it's all Ethan's fault because of my incompetence on the computer. Um, and uh, also, dear listeners, I also forgot to do a little check of the recording like I do every week. And I, th- and I thought, why, why do I do this? It goes right every week. And the only time it went wrong was when I did that recording with Cheyenne Morrison. Which, and, and I knew why that, that went wrong. And it was nothing to do with ports and things like that. It was just I literally swapped my uh, USB. And that stopped the recording. So, uh, so yeah, so it's all gone completely wrong this week. Um, and we haven't even actually introduced the show properly yet. Um, no. So, um, well, the, the, the great bit is uh, Carl's with us uh, again. Uh, you, I say again because he was here earlier, but you didn't know that. <laughs> so, um, um, so welcome back, Carl. You've not been with us for a couple of weeks. Um, so, uh, yes, Carl in Gainesville, Florida. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And I, I guess you've done some podcasts without me. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him a listen. <laughs> None of those, those podcasts weren't as good as the one we just did, but there you go. Nobody will actually know that apart from us. Um, yeah. And uh, Johnny Sisson, you're there in the background. And uh, hello, Johnny. Oh, hey, what's up? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> That was the sound of absolute abject uh, sadness and misery because we lost the greatest podcast ever in the history of Classic Linda's podcast. It's just a bunch of red lines on a Simon <laughs> recording thing that he showed. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will share that uh, screen capture of the, yeah, uh, of the, of the audio. Um, yeah, it was very red and, then, and, and lots of nothingness. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, not, not, not good. Um, so we, we can't really, well, there's absolutely no way we, we could re recreate, uh, what happened earlier, but I think what we're going to try and do because, you know, we're professionals, although you wouldn't have believed it if you heard us earlier. Um, and, uh, um, we're going to try and do what we did in nearly two hours and we're going to try and do it now in. 20 minutes. Oh, oh dear, 20, <laughs> 20 minutes or 25 minutes is what we got left. Then Carl has to go. Um, and and that is we were talking about uh, classic lenses, which um, we could buy on a budget and they'll give us great results instead of talking about lenses that you know cost a small fortune, which, yeah, they're expensive, so they should be good, shouldn't they? So um, we're going to run through some focal lengths now and we're going to do this quite quickly, I think of uh, different focal lengths going from 17 millimeters, maybe as far as 300 if we get that far. Um, although I've got to say the interesting stuff is probably more at the uh, the middle ranges anyway. Um, yeah. So we're, we're talking about relatively cheap lenses and we're just gonna um, go through this as, as quickly as, as we can. So we're probably gonna miss out a few things and we've already put out a teaser post and who knows, we might not even mention some of the lenses that are in the teaser post now, um, but we'll try to, we'll see, see how it goes. So, um, so let's, well, actually, even before we do that, I always like to thank uh, last week's guest and uh, we had Perry G with us um, who, who talked about the, the Hong Kong scene. The classic lenses in, in Hong Kong is a big thing over there and also shooting film over there is a big thing. And we really enjoyed having you on the show last week, Perry. So um, so thanks for being with us. And uh, I think there's actually a few people, um, I think I'd, more than one person suggests that you should be our Hong Kong correspondent in the future. So uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, it'd be great to get you back one day and, uh, and continue that chat. Um, right then, so let's uh, let's go on with uh, part two of today's show and uh, talk about things we've already talked about. And uh, let's start with 17 millimeter. So, uh, Carl, what's your uh, classic lens budget pick for 17 millimeter? Okay. So now I, I can say it because I, I bought the one that was on eBay for a good price. And I don't have to worry about anyone <laughs> buying it during the podcast like, like you or Cheyenne or somebody else. So a, a 17 millimeter 3.5 Tokina um, is my pick. And I don't have it yet, but Johnny has said all sorts of great things about it. You posted nice photos of it, even though you disparaged it this morning during the podcast because it doesn't have perfect pixel, pe pixel peeping edges, but um, yeah, that, that would be my pick. And, uh, and it isn't, budget Budget to me it was was 50 bucks or less, and, and that was, was around $110. So it's not super cheap, but when you get up to that wide, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna pay some money for it. Um, but it's not hundreds, hundreds of dollars like a, a Voigtlander might be. 
Yeah, totally agree with that. And my pick was exactly the same one. Um, and this, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not. We we hesitated about including seventy millimeter in in with this conversation because ultimately super wide just all more expensive lenses. It's they're they're harder lenses to make, um, so therefore they they're bound to be um, more expensive. And uh, yeah, I've had one of these lenses before. I I quite liked it. I wasn't too keen on uh, what was going on in the corners, and that's largely because I like a wide angle lens to be sharp across the frame because I'm not looking for character generally speaking in a, in a wide angle lens in much the same way as i don't look for character in a in a telephoto lens so uh i, I didn't keep it for a whole long time and end up uh, yeah. moving over to a 40 mil samyang instead so yep. uh, how about you uh johnny uh, I agreed with Simon and Carl about the 17 millimeter, and then I said a bunch of stupid shit about it. It doesn't work well in your sensor. It's your sensor, not your camera, blah, blah, blah. I said that, you know, as you typically would. And then, of course, I talked about the 15 millimeter super wide heliar, and we talked about how it's a 4.5 aperture. And of course, they, you know, why is it a 4.5 instead of a 2.8? And we talked about that. So, um, and I said a bunch of boring stuff about more stuff about film cameras. Uh, so yeah, we were all in on the 17 millimeter RMC Tekina, which we've already got one. So go ahead and buy one. We don't care. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Um, and when we also put in there, quick honorable mention to the Tamron uh, 17 oh, yeah. as well. So yep. uh, which is yep. a little bit yep. more expensive than the Tekina. Um, not, I don't think any of us have actually tried that lens, but I'm sure it's pretty decent as well. So, uh, so, mm -hmm. so that, that's 70 mil. Uh, moving yeah. on, brief, uh, quickly now, uh, we'll go to 24 mil. Uh, Carl. Oh, 24. Um, I think the winner there for a budget lens that you could have for. I looked on eBay today. Um, I think you can find one for 60 dollars, maybe 65. Um, is a Sigma Super Wide Two. And um, it's a 24 2.8, I think. I don't have it written down in front of me here, or 2.8 or 3.5. I think it's a 2.8. Um, very nice lens. Simon did a, a lens comparison. Not of this one, though, right? That was a mini wide you compared. Yeah. But Iman, one of our um, admins, uses this lens a lot. And um, he's posted a, a lot of photos around Greece using this lens, and, and the, the images are great. Um, I, I, used to, I used to have one of them. I sold it on for a Nikkor. 24, but it's a much more expensive lens. But this one, really good for the price. Excellent lens. And I concur. Over to you, Johnny. Um, and I, uh, I think what I said was um, for 24 millimeter, I have the OM uh, 24.28, which I, I do like quite a bit. And for what it is, it's, it's still pretty affordable. It's uh, Definitely not in the same affordability range as the Sigma, which I agree is a very good lens. Um, but the OM24 is is really quite excellent. And yeah, it pushes the budget a little bit, but but still I think it's affordable. I think, yeah. I think it pushes pushes the budget a lot, personally. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, mine wasn't that much. Mine wasn't that much. It, and then I think... Um, so you bought a cheap one, therefore it's a budget lens. Is, is that how it works? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it, no, I'm saying it's it it's findable at a decent price. I, it's the Minolta. We talked about the Minolta 24, which that is sort of universally considered an excellent lens. Like I use the Minolta 24 as, uh, you know, in the in the um, uh, the R series. So they actually use the Minolta glass um, in the lens that they branded. Uh, but the the, o, the OM24 is 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 really an excellent lens, and it do, it does turn up not at insane prices. I'm talking 
I think mine was in the 150 range. Oh, there uh, you can get a good one for 135. I'm looking at one right here on yeah, eBay. That's what I'm talking right about. Right now, it's, right. So T- it's a tested, bit, works good. No, yeah. no, no issues. It, it's a it's a bit more, but I think 24 millimeters is one of those focal lengths where you're just going to spend a little bit more, but you're going to get you're going to be rewarded with, you know, a really a really excellent lens. So, yeah. I I, yep. I think it's too, it's too far out the range personally, but there you go. Um, uh, it is. No, it, it, it is. It's, it's a push. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Well, let's let's talk about the other the, very very briefly. Um, Vivitar, you mentioned Vivitar earlier. Yeah, yeah, the Vivitar twenty four I think is probably right on par with the Sigma. I yeah. mean, it's it's probably basically essentially the same thing. Um, so yeah, flip flip a coin. Either one's going to work well. That's it. And uh, okay, All so right. let's let's move to. I, I think uh, I think you can carry on, Johnny, with um, twenty eight millimeters. I think. Oh, twenty eight. Okay, so we talked about twenty eight millimeters, which which I think I can summarize by saying none of us really give an f about. There you go. Yeah, we don't care about 28 millimeters. Exactly. We're moving, have all, on now, we? moving right on. Um, but yep. but but the Vivitar 28 millimeter bestiary is a thing, and there's a whole bunch of 28 millimeter Vivitars. Um, there's a whole web page devoted to them. So get a Vivitar 28 millimeter close focus. It'll be cheap and excellent, and we don't care about 28 millimeters. Yeah, yeah, and also any brand of 28 millimeter is as good as any other brand. Yeah, all the same. Just go, so just go buy one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Pentax, yeah. Canon, Olympus, Vivitar, right. it's whatever the f- you can find. They're, they're, all, they're all equally boring, but they'll be made well. <laughs> go buy yourself a wonderfully cheap, boring 28mm lens. Yes. All right. Okay, not strictly true, but generally speaking, older ones are. More or less. The, the, yeah, the more third-party ones are pretty, pretty, pretty good. And it's, it's really if you get if you if you really want to go pixel peeping, then then yes, you will see a difference. And it was slightly referenced earlier. I did a test on eight on twenty-eight millimeter lenses, and actually the pictures I I sort of liked the most were from the the Sigma uh, Mini Wide, which is uh, also our pick for twenty-eight millimeter lenses. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but if you pixel peep those pictures. They weren't anywhere near as good as say the um, the Zeiss Biogon that I had on M mount and uh, that I don't have it anymore. But uh, and 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 several others like the um, the Nikon twenty eight uh, AIS CRC lens, which is you know one of the best lenses Nikon ever made and all this kind of stuff. Um, but if you do that, you're a loser. Yeah. Don't pick up people twenty right, million. right. So so just don't Sigma, just don't do it. So don't pick up people. Just take pictures. That's what no, yeah. I guess especially I with the twenty eight. Yeah. Yep. We get yeah. a Sigma Sigma Mini Wide Two is a really good choice in this category. If you do like twenty eight, and um, and don't agree with us, so, right, no more twenty eight. We're um, done. We're done. We don't yeah, like no, twenty eight. Let's move on. Move on. Say something more about it. No. It's no. A, don't, um, don't. Don't. Ah, <laughs> the, the Sigma Mini Wide Two. You can have <laughs> fine for thirty five dollars in excellent condition. All right. 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 The um the AIS Nikkors uh, twenty eight two point eight CRC lens I had and paid hundreds of dollars for it. And then I bought a 24 and was blown away by how much nicer the images were and sold the 28. And, and it was probably a better quality lens, but I didn't care because I didn't like the, the focal length. Okay. Now, now, this, now, mind you, this is on a proper Sony full frame. <laughs> we move now. on now. Cool. Not Have we cra- said yet not, that we don't give a f- about 28 millimeters? <laughs> not some crappy sensor. This was on a Sony full frame <laughs> sensor, Johnny. Okay, the, the proper size to test 
classic lenses. Oh my god! You realise yeah. we did we did virtually two two hours earlier without a single without any edits or anything, and I'm going to have to spend more time bleeping this this 25 minute episode than I would have spent on the, on the whole of a two hour episode. Just, just, let it, let it go. just hit the beep no. button on everything I say this entire well, yeah, episode. Yeah, there is that. Don't bleep anything. Um, bleep okay. Wait till I get to the part about the ribs on, the ribs on the 135. Don't mind. <laughs> good luck, Carl. It's not no, going to work again. No. 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 Um, Simon's right. so composed now. It's not going to work. It's, it's, it Flashlights, okay. ribbed. It doesn't matter. None of it's going to work. <laughs> Should we? Are we in competition with, with Am and Hamish for the crappiest podcast ever or, or here? Or <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. That's it. 35. 35 millimeter. Um one of you. Talk. Okay. Um <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Not a mirror. Don't look at a mirror one. Whatever oh, come you, on. you had an answer. No, you the only an the only thirty five millimeter lens. Okay, so right. Um I would buy a Canon. FL 35 3.5. It's a, it's a heavy lens. You can get it for less than $50. The optics are fantastic. Um, very good quality lens. If you have a rangefinder camera, then I don't know what to tell you because they're, they're, you're going you're gonna to be up into no, the hundreds of dollars. You, you, won't, you, won't find, you won't find one, yeah. Oh, you can. You can. This is a Jupiter 12. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, God. Jupiter 12. 12 again. Really? Yeah. We Do we have to talk about the Jupiter 12 again? Okay. Yeah. Now, hold on a second. Jupiter 12. Okay. Unless you live in Chicago and you're windy God. about taking your hands out of your gloves and turning a little dial on the front and getting your little delicate fingers cold, it's a, it's a good one. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. I'm specifically talking about the Jupiter 12 in like a thread mount. I think the one that Simon has, which you will see in the artwork for this week. I have them both, and we have to talk about the... Oh, actually, no, we do have to talk about the Kiev one, because the Kiev one's cheaper. So it is, and I think... Yeah, and, and, Kiev, yeah. and, and my criticisms of this lens are only about the LTM version. I think that the, ah. that the... Yeah, I think the Kiev version, because of how it mounts to the camera, is a much is a much better design. Well, there you go. Okay. And I would like to have one if Eric wasn't hoarding them all. Take right? back all those negative comments you've made on my photo. No, 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 no. My negative comments are only about the LTM version. No, I've posted pictures with mine, and it's a Kiev mount. Well, I like it then. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't earlier, but there you go. Yeah, yeah no, because I thought you guys were, were, were talking. We weren't talking about the, the LTM. We were talking about anyway. Um Pentax 35 3.5. Get one that's tiny and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and you'll love it. That's M42, yeah. of course, wasn't it? What yes. Came out. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice lens. M42. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my pick on 35mm was the Shinon or Chinon 35mm f2.8, um, which I'm pretty much of the opinion almost all 35mm lenses or a great deal of 35mm lenses are just clones of uh, the Flexigon. Uh, they still yeah. seem to look the same. They all have the same kind of uh, uh, front element on them, and uh, I know that that, that particular one, the the, the shin on which can be bought very cheaply, because uh, uh, Nigel Cliff bought one very cheaply off me and uh, went went away and took some great pictures with it, making me think I shouldn't have sold it. Um, but uh, well done to Nigel there, it's a great lens. Um, so uh, that's my my budget pick for thirty five mil. And then, if I remember correctly, uh, we took a little pit stop. Um, we did. We did, because yeah. we then went to 37 millimeters. 
which is the same as 35. No, it's not. Or 40. It's, 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 two, it's two different, isn't it? So uh, it's not the yeah. same. And, um, and no, that's But what I mean, te- technically, if you actually measured the true focal length, it's probably a 40. That's no. what I'm saying. Well, actually, I no, it's the 37 is a, is, is a silly, arbitrary number no. that is... No. Not that precise. No, the rush. Don't forget, this is a German lens to start off with, with the Flexicon <laughs> right. thirty-five two point eight, and right. they called it a thirty-five. It was the Flexicon as a thirty-five, but the Mir Mir one is is marked as a thirty-seven. And if you actually right, but it but it's not, but it's not a thirty-seven. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Right. So if you compare um, a Mir twenty-four H, which is obviously a thirty-seven millimeter lens from Russia. Um, and that's a 37 f2 and you compare that to a mirror you can see that the uh the 27 24h is actually a slightly wider lens probably about by two millimeters i guess uh, because so those the russians always, always tell the truth mean? don't they yes i never i never like I, I, I never liked that lens either no. I that lens stuck too all that muddy the muddy bokeh it was just terrible so, so so what we did is is after we did 35 we talked about that for a minute and then we were going to jump to 50 and i said wait hold on there's two lenses there's yeah. the konica 418 right yeah, and there's the minolta 45 f2 so those yeah, are our two yeah, in betweens between 35 and 50 along with yep. that mirror thing which is really probably also a 35 or a 40 yeah, there you go. It's a thirty-seven, <laughs> or it's um, a thirty-seven. Okay, so uh, we've 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 covered those, and we know, and we've we learned that uh, Carl had bought about ten Mia ones because he. No, I've not bought ten. I I bought quite earlier. a few because you kept telling me it was a good. That, no, I, I bought everyone was a piece of shit. I kept trying to get a good one. And I have a really good it. one. You want to buy it? I got a really no, good one from one. Chicago. Is it a is it a special um, Grand Prix Brussels? It's Grand Prix Brussels silver. Yes, it is. That is what it is. Says Grand Prix Brussels. I don't think they make bad ones. I think every single one I've ever had has been brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Mine is excellently boring. I've ever had in my life. Excellently boring. Boring as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not even on a helicoid. Yeah, but that's because you're obsessed with bokeh shots, which you say, oh, I don't do bokeh shots, and then you go no, and do bokeh shots. <laughs> no, not good, for, not good for anything. Bookends. We're good for bookends. Okay. I've got cool bookends in my office with camera lenses on them that a guy <laughs> welded onto these metal uh, things that he made, and they have both of them have a mirror. Do they have light bulbs in them? Are they bookend lamps? No, just bookend lenses. They look gr- great. They okay. look really good. Yep. Right. Okay, cool. let's 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 move on to a big category, um, which is uh, fifty millimeter or normal or standard lenses. So we're we're going to go anything really between fifty millimeters and uh, fifty eight millimeters, just in case somebody wants to use that particular Russian lens or Soviet lens. Yeah. And we talked about um, that. That m- most people in the group are aware of this, but if you haven't tried it, look on eBay for a, an Indostar fifty two. It's yes. a really small little black lens. It's 50 millimeter f3.5. And if you put it on a helicoid, it's an M42 mount lens, it'll give beautiful bokeh. It's also a, a nice sharp lens closed down for landscapes or buildings or things. And you can buy one for probably $18. Okay. Now, if you want to get a bigger lens that's um, going to give you some really nice 3D pop and good micro contrast, I would buy a Canon FL50. 1.4. So that's an FL, not an FD. It's a solid metal, heavy. Uh, this is kind of getting to be a sequence here. I said 35, now 50, and I, and I recommend a 135. You could just get one adapter and pop, pop them all in and, and use that breech lock adapter, which Johnny likes, right, Johnny? Double breech Love lock them. adapter. Favorite? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yep. 
Um, well, <clears throat> I I named two lenses. Uh, the first lens I named was the Jupiter 8, and then I name-dropped Hamish Gill because that's one of his favourite lenses. Um, so um, I think we talked about that's probably not so cheap in the States, but it's pretty damn cheap over here in the, in Europe. So uh, um, so if you're after a uh, LTM lens, uh, it's for me, it's the it's the obvious lens lens to go for. Um, and my uh, proper bargain uh, 50 millimeter lenses, the Pentacon, uh, the Pentacon 50 millimeter f 1.8. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, and it's he's me recommending it, but I never, I've got one, and I, I've, I may have one somewhere. Yeah, that that's as often as I actually use it. But I've seen some absolutely fantastic pictures taken with it, especially. Um, some you know, shots have been set up to make the most of bokeables and things like that, which is something that uh, Carl never does, as he's already says, until he does his next one. Um, yeah, right, right. And, uh, and um, yeah, well, there's some great shots um, in our group some some time ago. So um, yeah, I really should make a bit more of an effort with that lens. But it's it's such a cheap lens. It's on practical cameras. I don't know if it's how cheap it is over over there in 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 the states. Is it cheap over there? Yes, it's quite inexpensive. That's the one that says Pentacon Electric. Right? Uh, well, not yeah. always. It doesn't have to say electric. Elect well, maybe the electric does, one right? is the, the very, very last uh, version of it, I think. And then it, it, I'll say very last version of it because the, it then um, the mount um, transformed or whatever the word is into the Pentax, uh, not Pentax, uh, Practica oh, B or mount. Or. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we're, we're getting confused over 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 these things but so I, I mentioned earlier that this is um, a direct descendant of the of a mayor optic lens um but i'm now adding in new information that uh, it was available on the pentacon bayonet mount as well uh, which are also very very cheap um which actually i'm thinking that brings us on to a quick one uh, that you mentioned uh, carl about uh, buying lenses with the same mount right yeah m42 is a good way to go you want me to say something? Yeah, now? yeah. I think it was it was a it was a good point you made. No, well, I said that um, some of the people who responded to a comment that I posted last night on Facebook were were really astute about this because they recommended. I said, "What would you tell someone to do if they only had two hundred dollars and they had a Sony full frame camera and you wanted to um, they wanted to buy three lenses going from maybe twenty four up to one thirty five, and a lot of people recommended." Uh, sets of lenses that only required one adapter so you didn't have to buy three different adapters and I think it's really smart and there were recommendations of Konica and there were recommendations of Canon uh, FD by a couple people and so um, I thought that was good so um, so so the Hamish recommended this um, Pentacon lens you said no 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 the uh, Jupiter 8 is a big fan oh of Jupiter okay 8. yeah yeah Hamish is a good guy despite what you say about him sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the um, the, um, no, no, I want to ask you something seriously. So um, I, I thought I read at one point that the um, this is this is not a joke. Uh, the Pancolor fifty one point eight and the Oristar and the Pentacon were were very similar lenses to each other. In fact, might be related to each other. But does that does that make sense? Could it be? Besides the fact that they're all fifty one point eight, I don't. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't ring true with me. No. Uh, okay. But, but I, mean, I even I, read something about you know they, if they move up from the Pentacon to the Orostar to the Pancolor, you're getting into higher optical quality. But it's kind of the same. No, the, well, the Orostar literally just 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 became the Pentacon. Uh, yeah. Okay. Pentacon became the brand, and it just it didn't even have a name. Um, yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Pancolor is more like a, a planar formula, but I don't actually know what the formula is of the uh, of the Pentacon. I don't know if you do, Johnny. 
no. It's 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 probably uh, some planar ish. Maybe, formula. maybe, yeah. yeah. Most, most things are on it. That's uh, that, yeah, that, that speed and focal length. Much. But that Pentagon is a nice lens because you can get super close and get r- r- close up. In, I mean, I took a picture of a little tiny crab, and it was like I was using a macro lens when I had it. And then I took a bokeh shot that was really nice. And then I took a you know shot down the beach of people walking. Close. Oh, down. that kind of crab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crab. Not not that color. Yeah, that kind. Okay. Of. All right. All right. And and Johnny, on that note, how about, how about yourself? No, I don't have any crabs. Um, okay. uh, I think I said, I said, okay, I got it. I said, um, I prefer a super or auto Takamar 5518, just depending on what you can find. I personally like the auto tax because um, there's a lot of little variations of that lens that were made between, let's say, 1958, 59 to 60, 61. Um, and they, they made a, a number of different varieties that are, very slightly different, uh, sometimes in very low quantities. So I like them as both collectibles, and they just render really, really well. Yeah. Um, and then on the rangefinder side, I would recommend, which are still fairly affordable. Well, the first one I recommend is definitely very affordable, um, which is the Canon fifty one point eight LTM. Um, that that is that is affordable and not so hard to find. The other one I would recommend is the Nikkor 50 uh, F2, which is a little more expensive, but it's it's a really unique design. It's it's basically Nikkor's re-rendering of a uh, Zeiss Sonar 50 F2, um, and it does a couple of nice things. And I I think that's a really either one of those lenses you can't really go wrong with. The Nikkor is going to be better for portraits and closer up stuff the canon is probably a better general use lens um so the canon 50 ltm okay so you're recommending right, the 518 yeah 51 you got okay so you just have to be really careful those are going to come from japan and i'm i don't know johnny i mean i have the silver one the serenar yeah and those you are, can find those them, are up. they are but you can still find them domestic you can still find them listed in the u.s and they're not crazy expensive okay the, if it's from yeah. Japan to get a good one, it's one hundred and eighty dollars. No, you can still get it cheaper than that. I just clicked on one that was one hundred and forty-nine. Excellent, plus plus plus, and it has funk. Oh, so it's a piece of junk. Okay. Well, anyway, I would I would hold out to find one from a U.S. seller, and you'll probably get it for closer to a hundred. And the the Jupiter and the Nikkor, the F two Nikkor, I see those fairly. But commonly in the maybe one twenty five, one thirty five, one forty dollar range from U.S. sellers, yeah. and they're okay. They're all going to be a little scratchy, probably on the front. Big deal. It's fine. It's not but really it's budget a, though, is it? Uh, well, but, one, I, but for a rangefinder lens, it is. You're just yeah, you, for that's, a fifty. That's, now that's why. One, threw, yeah, but that's why I threw the Jupiter Eight in there. Yeah, I was just going to say we're going to do yeah, Jupiter Eight, right? Yeah. Which, which, again, depending on where in the world you're located, may or may not be easy to find. In the U.S., it's not super easy to find. In where where Simon is, it's going to be easier to find. Um, but no, that's a that's a gr- that's a great lens. It's just I think that Canon and the Nikkor are both a little bit of a step up, and you might want to pay a little bit more because it's going to be a lens that you use all the time. No, I bet I agree. If if you are looking for a fantastic fifty millimeter relatively fast lens, and you have a, a smaller camera body like a Fuji XE two. Or if you're going to use it on a rangefinder, that 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 51.8 LTM Canon is, is just an astoundingly good lens. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, back back on the uh, the budget side of things, uh, the other, and I just realised we've got to mention this scene that the picture's gone out already uh, about this <laughs> with this lens. So I've already done the teaser poster. So this is anybody that knows about the teaser post. This is this is this podcast has been recorded after the teaser post talking about the podcast we've already done, um, and uh, and they had a picture of a Helios one hundred and three. Uh, which oh, is yeah, yeah. excellent lens and it's cheap and it's one of those lenses that uh, depend on the seller in in Ukraine or uh, in in Russia. Uh, you sometimes get one of these bundled uh, with a with a Kiev to Nex or Kiev to FX adapter or whatever it is that uh, you're after. And it's a fantastic lens as long as you get a good one. Uh, right. Yeah. So if you, if you get a good one, and now if you go on eBay. And you look at that lens. Be aware, um, and most people know know this, but some people won't. That the if the the ones you're seeing that are cheap, that are fifteen to twenty dollars, it's just the it's just the optical block. That's all you're going to get, right? So you can't you won't be able to do anything with it. So you need to buy one that comes with the helicoid part, which is going to be part of the free adapter that comes with it. I I think that's a bit confusing, Carl. Oh, okay. So all right. <laughs> it, is. So well, see, it is it is the lens and if the you've heli- already got- no no yeah, the, the, yeah. so the helios 103 lens if somebody just lists the helios 103 yeah. on ebay they've taken in the optic they've taken the optical no, block no, out of no, a kiev for camera yeah, yeah, and they're no, selling no, it no no, oh, no. I, I think i think you're really confusing this now because if you've already got the adapter then that's all you need oh if you have the adapter well shit then you've got yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Other other lenses people use other lenses without adapter, so it, it is the lens. But that, but what it is, okay. the lens okay. doesn't have a helicoid built into it. You need a special right. adapter or a, a Kiev or right. contacts or like any uh, contacts Kiev yeah. or a Nikon uh, potentially. Anyway, but we've we've covered that one before, and it's it's a yeah. little bit strange with the uh, Nikon. Um, just a uh, as yeah, you say, it's... just a quick time check, Carl. Because we've we've now actually uh, over I'm the okay. time when you meant to go. We're halfway right. through, Carl. Come on, I'm you can okay. make it. No, I'm okay. okay. I'll, 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 but if you don't have if you don't have any of those lenses that Simon mentioned, and you go on eBay, don't just go buy a, a, a the lens block of a Helios one hundred three and think that you're going to be able to use it. Yeah, oh, well, that's, okay. that's that's very true. How how long have okay. we got you for, Carl? Just so we, so we can no, pace, no, pace just, the rest just, of the episode. Just, just keep going. All right. <laughs> so, okay. the, uh, all right. So, I, piling on Helios one hundred three, I of course I make an asinine comment about yeah, you got to use it on a film camera. But so my Helios one hundred three, I got for fifteen dollars attached to a Kiev camera, and I, I I did a I did a shoot off one day back last summer ish um, between a Helios one hundred three and the Canon fifty one eight. Right, so the Canon on a Canon LTM and the Helios on a Kiev camera, and the I think the nature of my comment I made before was the Helios 103 on film is a much lower contrast lens because it's really easy in Lightroom or whatever shooting it on digital. You just bump up that slider a little bit and you got a lot of contrast and it works great. If you're shooting it on film, it is a noticeably lower contrast lens. Not bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's lower contrast lens. but I really, I really do like it, and I think the difference comes down to just the glass and the coatings on the 103, right? It, it's just it, construction-wise, it's a little bit different than, um, uh, than you know, the, uh, uh, the Leica lens that it's supposedly based on. But it's yeah, okay. a very good lens. Yeah. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Good, good lens, lens. Yep. especially on micro four, micro four thirds. 
Okay. Um, all right, and let's let's move on to focal length now, and we're going into and this is a, a territory that pushes the budget, and that's eighty five millimeters, and we we're going to um, extend that so to it's eighty five to one hundred and five millimeter lenses. So, uh, Carl, do you want to go first on that? Okay, so eighty five. I, I would buy a Jupiter nine, and I would just spend a good amount of time searching until I found one, and it's going to be over a hundred dollars, maybe one hundred and twenty dollars if you get if you can find one. Um, possibly. Um, for $110, you can get a really nice quality Super Tuckamar 105. Um, I don't know if it's a 2.8 or a 3.5, but 105 millimeter. 2.8, yeah. 105, 2.8. It's, re it's a respectable 105. It's not going to, it's not going to match up to a AI. It's not going to match up to a Nikkor 105 2.5, but, um, it's, it's a, it's a good lens. I mean, I have both of them and, and I, I use them both. It's a nice, small, compact lens. Too, so it's a good size lens on a on a Fuji. Uh, I use it on my XC2. Okay, how about you, Johnny? So what will match up pretty damn well to a Nikkor 105.25 is a 100 or 105 T mount lens, a T2 preset. And I have bought these for as little. I bought these for under ten dollars, and they still float around out there. You can find one. Just keep looking. Uh, but the, these are, um, they're really good lenses. They have a load of aperture blades, um, and you, you still can find them. The other one you can find is there's a T4 mount, uh, 100 slash 105, um, which still turns up really cheap. And it's a really, really good lens. So what are, I, what are the brands? Uh, Soligor, Vivitar, um, you know, I, I don't know, Hanamax, um, all of those kind of third-party off-brand uh, labels. You, you'll find them under a variety of names. But they're, okay. yeah, so they're T2 and T4 mount. The T2s are preset. The T4s are not preset, but they do the same thing. Um, and they're out there. So you'll find them. Just take a look around. They show up. Okay. And I, I talked about the... Uh, 100 millimeter lenses and generally i'm not really a fan of many of the budget 100 millimeter lenses even though uh, johnny is uh, they just don't do it for me um but there is one that does and that's the the soviet uh Kalinyar. i can't I'm not entirely sure if that's the correct way of uh, uh, pronouncing it um but it's a lens i've spoken about before it's a really cheaply assembled lens it's a relatively modern uh soviet lens so it's one of the later ones where quality control were really beginning to fall apart a bit um but i found that was a really nice lens and i preferred it to the uh ai version of the uh nikon 105 uh, 2.5 um my choice on 85 millimeter uh, will be exactly the same as Carl's, and that the, the Jupiter 8, I think, is the the obvious uh, Jupiter entry 9. point. Yeah, Jupiter 9, thank you. Um, yeah, obvious uh, starter point, so an 85 millimeter f2. Uh, we touched very briefly upon uh, the Vivitar uh, 85 1.8, uh, which was made by Tokina, um, but that's that's now more expensive than the, uh, the Jupiter nine is these days so uh, that's pretty much just gone gone out yeah. a bit um but as a uh, another lens that falls within the price range and i've actually looked at these uh, recently but i actually think this is one of the cheapest 90 millimeter lenses that tends to be out there and that's the tamron the tamron sp 90 millimeter 2.5 macro which 
I think that makes it a, a, a great value lens because it's uh, it's a good lens for doing portraits. I think it's a good focal lens, especially on full frame. It's possibly a little bit sh too sharp, you could argue, um, but yeah, you can you can you can deal with that. But you've but you have got that benefit of it actually being a macro lens as well. So it's a it's an incredibly versatile lens, and it's sort of fallen out of favour with a few of us actually. Um, but it's something that. I don't really get on with this in the same way as I used to do. Uh, I used to love it on Micro Four Thirds, um, but it's never really done it for me on, on Sony for some reason. Uh, but I don't want to hold that against the lens. Just because it doesn't work on Sony, it doesn't mean it's a bad lens, um, as yep. uh, Johnny will uh, <laughs> agree with that, no doubt. Yep. Okay. So 135, right? Yeah, well, 135. Um, and uh, Who cares? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, we're going to talk again about 135mm. And oh, I, my God. I, I, need to... I can't. I can't do the Raynox conversation again. I yeah, just we, can't. we've we've got to uh, no. Oh my god! That was a spoiler alert there. Was, um, um, let's just do it almost how we did it last time because right, right, this, right, right. this yeah. bring this brings up a um, a good time to talk about coffee donations <laughs> because we received a coffee donation <laughs> from Chris Holland. Um, Chris Holland is the person that brought the uh, the Raynox uh, wet on wet or wet in wet um, uh, bokeh lens, which is um, something of a favourite of the show and uh, especially of Johnny's. Um, and uh, and I'm just going to read out what he said here. So two coffees for Johnny to help help him rethinking his verdict about the sharpness of the butter knife Raynox 135 2.0 lens. Didn't work. Lens. <laughs> and uh, we yeah we we went through. Um, uh, Chris's blog post because he's uh, done a blog on this and uh, compared uh, this the, the the Raynox, which is by the way, this is my budget pick by the way um, for, uh, for a cheap one three five two point eight lens. Um, and so he he did a he test against a uh, he used a Canon FD one three five two point five, and he also used a, a modern Sony F FE uh, mount uh, super zoom. I think I, f I forget which one it is, but it's, it's got quite a long range on it so it's it's mm -hmm. not necessarily uh, the best optical lens in the world and um and the, if you do take a look at <clears throat> excuse me uh, chris's blog post um you will see that by a mile uh, the, uh, the the rainox is is a superb performer compared to uh, um, the, the the canon that he used and um and the the modern sony lens so uh, over over to you johnny <laughs> Let me, let me, let me, I think let me, you should go straight to Carl because Carl, yeah, is, just, Carl just, is a conspiracy me, theory here. Let me, let me just pick up on this. Okay, so yeah. um, I've had that um, Canon 135 lens, and um, the one that I had was very sharp. It was did not produce blurry pictures like that unless I forgot my glasses or strong or or wasn't focusing properly. And and I've had the Canon FL 135, and it was very sharp too. So here's what I think about that um, Raynox. I've I still I've kept it. I paid so little for it; it isn't worth selling it. Um, but I've not used it after that first week. I, I thought the bokeh was cool. Um, it has a bokeh that's different from any other of the. I don't remember how many. Is. I think I've had 14 135 millimeter lenses, different brands, yeah, different ones. Yeah, the, well, the Jupiter 11 is, is better. Um, so um, here, here's the thing: the lens that I use the most and would recommend that people buy costs a little bit more, maybe as much as $45. And it's a Vivitar um, made by Comini, um, 135 2.8. And the way they're able to tell 
which one it is because there's a bunch of different versions is that it doesn't have any rubber on the focusing grip. Um, the focusing grip is all metal. The serial no number ribs. starts with 28 and it doesn't have ribs. It has no it has, ribs. It has, no, it's not ribbed. No, it has. It has it's not ribbed. The, the focusing ring has has parallel long grooves cut in it um, that go parallel to the long axis of the lens, about a millimeter apart all the way around. That one is fantastic. And and let me tell you what the difference between that and the Raynox is. The, and this is based on the two that I have. So maybe I have a, a shitty Raynox that that I paid twenty two dollars for or whatever it was. Um, with the Raynox. I can get also very precise focus if I take the thing and I spend a lot of time with a zoom magnification focusing on something that isn't moving, I can get a sharp picture. With the, uh, If I take that out into a, and I've done this, into a, a crowd of people at a farmer's market or something and try to take pictures of people wide open, none of them are in focus. I cannot get the freaking thing in focus. If I take my uh, Vivitar out, Instead of the Rainox, I can quickly snap into focus. I can find exactly where it is. It's like this gray thing with the Rainox. It's there somewhere, but you got to hunt for it. And when you find it, it's there. With the Vivitar, it's not, or it is. And so that, to me, is really important. It's not just, is it a sharp lens somewhere? If you find it, it's, can you get there and, and get it and use it as a sharp lens when you need to? So the Rainox is excellent if you're going to walk around with the camera on a tripod and take your time to hit focus. There you go. Okay, great. So I was going to reiterate what I've said before about this Rainox from the beginning, um, um, which is it's a perfectly competent, uh, you know, bog standard 135 that will do the same thing as any other 135 from that era. And the thing that is kind of hilarious about it is this supposedly this, this Boca special thing it does, which it only does that because it's poorly corrected. So at the time it came out, it would have been considered a crap lens because it couldn't even produce a nice, smooth, out-of-focus area, which nobody was looking for anyway because people who take real pictures don't worry about the background. They have a subject in mind. Don't do those so, poorly corrected stuff again. Oh, my God. But it Twice is. In one but day that's why it looks like that. poorly corrected thing. Oh, that's, that's why, why we but, like classic lenses because they're poorly corrected. <laughs> no, I, 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 get, I get that. I get what you're saying. But – Poorly corrected and having character are not necessarily the same thing. And for a 135 lens, typically Blair. the lowest bar for you to reach is to make it well corrected enough to produce a sharp subject in the foreground and probably a smooth background. And it, yeah, we've, okay. we've established that it really can't do the first thing all that well. It can do the other thing pretty well. Maybe uniquely, but this yeah. th this wouldn't necessarily have been a selling point back in the day. It's different now because you know you yeah. guys throw them on digital cameras and pixel peep them and look at your bokeh balls. But that's not what people used to do, and that's really not photography. So it makes balls. It makes paint. It makes great bullshit. Okay. It makes paint. <laughs> bullshit. It Simon, makes can paint. Can I ask you a question? Because you picked this one. How many times have you used it since you bought it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unfair. I've, oh, no, it's not. I'm curious. How many times have you picked it up and thought, I'm going to use that lens today? I've taken a couple of pictures of it. Oh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> that's not the you same really, thing. You really like you really like it, huh? No, to, to, to be fair, I've, I've not really had the – I haven't really been taking many oh, pictures of anything. We haven't had the anything. opportunity. Oh, you know, okay. So, so no, that, 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 that's unfair. And I just want okay. to I just want to thank um, Johnny for his insights on, on – the on, you know, deep insight on this lens he's never used. 
I don't need to use it. I don't need to use it to make a judgment on it. I really don't. Because I've seen enough pictures out of it. And the thing that everybody likes about it is the crap it does to the bokeh. Because it's not corrected well enough to make a smooth out-of-focus background. So hallelujah. Thank thank God this lens exists. Yeah, I really I I and I really liked to use 135. It's just like I said, uh, I, one of the rare occasions in our little town where there's a bunch of people gathered together is in a farmer's market or an art show or something. And 135 is a nice lens to walk around with or a 105 and isolate a person and take a picture. And they're moving around. And I always, in the last, since I bought that lens, I, I, I've thought about picking it up. And I don't. I grab my, um, I grab my Vivitar Comini. And it's the, it's the lens of choice. It's just because it's better. Okay, well, let's uh, quick, quickly uh, move on to. Actually, no, we'll st- got to stay at uh, 135 because I then went yeah, on let's, to mention. Let's just finish with 135. That's enough. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we, prob- we probably yeah. will do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the, my, my, my go to 135, as I've mentioned on many, many occasions, and it's still within the, uh, the budget range, uh, and that's going to be the, uh, the Jupiter 11. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, and I dare say actually that it's, it's probably worth looking at the Jupiter 11A, which is the 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 the, the, the ugly uh, one in the family compared to the uh, the Jupiter uh, 11. It's pretty much the same lens, but uh, reputed to be be better optically, but it just doesn't look good. So I just don't want. Yeah, it's, it's very it. very heavy. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't like the weight. What about a 37A? Have you ever had one? Um, about, in fact, I've got one somewhere, but I'd, again, I just don't want to use it. I think I'll pick the Raynox, Raynox up before using that. It's, okay. Yeah. All right. But the Jupiter 11, gold standard for this for this focal length, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty much in, no in, argument there. In the Well, if you can pick up, I've got to say, if you can pick up the, the, the Vivitar uh, that uh, Carl was talking about earlier, if you can pick one of those up at the, the right price, which you can, um, because at the end of the day, some people will advertise it as a Vivitar 135 2.8, and that's it. And other people who know what they're talking about will actually advertise it as the Kobani, the, whatever it's called this week, um, a, a version <laughs> of that lens, and, and therefore yeah. ask three times the price. So yeah. um, it can be found at a bargain and it, it's 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 a it's a it's a cracking bargain almost as good as the Raynox in terms of a bargain uh, so um uh so we, we yeah. that's that's it then is it because johnny didn't yeah, have anything go. for 135 did he he doesn't like uh, 135 it's too long uh, yeah i don't really care about 135 i know i'm fine with the jupiter i'm fine with the jupiter i yep. I've, i i have that i've shot it it's 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 a fine lens it is it renders really not i mean that's a great lens that's yep. good enough for me Okay, well, yep. well let, let me quick, quickly talk about um, 200 and 300 because uh, my suggestions were better than yours, Carl. So <laughs> 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 um, at, uh, at, at 200, um, um, the recommended pick is the the bigger brother of the 135 um, 2.8 lens of uh, the car was mentioned earlier by Vivitar or Comini. Um, and it's, uh, it looks exactly the same, except it's just bigger. Um, and it's a 200 millimeter F 3.5. Um, great lens, just as, just in the way that the, the 135 is a great lens. Um, so is that 200. And again, it's a similar kind of story. Um, it, it's, it's can be picked up cheaply 
if it's not described in any kind of detail. If it's if it is and somebody says Kamani on it and it's version one or something like that, then it immediately just adds value to it. So uh, um, avoid those. Um, and then quick um, honourable mention to the uh, Mayor Optic Oristar or Oristar, whatever it is at 200 millimeters, which is a nice lens, sometimes can be picked up quite cheaply. Um, yeah, nice lens. Uh, and then onto 300 millimeter. Oh, oh, I forgot about something. Yeah. Okay, go on. Uh, the lens, it's a lens that I own, right? The um, the Pentacon 200 f4 15 blade. Um, they're come down. They're 89 dollars oh, on okay. eBay now, in, in excellent condition, and that's yeah. a really cool lens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that that's that's good. Um, yeah. and I and I rec I recoed the 180 millimeter T2 mount in, available in various different configurations. It's cheap, it's sharp, it's great. If you like preset lenses, if you like lots of aperture blades, you get it's got you covered. And be yeah. careful if you look at Pentacon 200 F4 lenses because they're not all the 15 blade ones. And you'll notice, well, look, one's only forty dollars. What the f is that? It's because it only has six blades, and it's not the. And not who the wants six blades? Multiple. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, final one. It's uh, three hundred millimeters. Um, there is a, a Pentacon as well that goes goes that much, but they're that long, I should say. Well, they're getting quite expensive. Those um, mm -hmm. the star one for me is the Tamron. Uh, 300 millimeter f 5.6 it's the tamron sp by the way because there's an earlier one which isn't sp i, I don't know how the two compare but certainly the later one uh, is a close focus lens it sounds pretty boring being just 5.6 but it's not it's sharp it's pin sharp at 5.6 it's got a great close focus on it and if you've ever wanted to do birds in flight and you're using a crop sensor uh, camera I, I cannot recommend a lens more highly than that. It's it's just it's it's borderline easy to take birds in flight with uh, with that lens. It's a it's superb. So uh, great. There we go. So that's our. Um, oh yeah, there's one more. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my vote for 300 millimeters is the Pentax uh, 300 millimeter f4 Takamar. And there's a couple of versions of it. It's big. It's bad. It's got a great big, gigantic, heavy uh, tripod foot on it. It's just impressively large. And there you go. That's the only reason I want a 300 millimeter lens. Is yeah. It's a big beast. All right. So there we go. Yeah, we were a lot funnier this morning. This morning was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, before before we disappear, let's just cover off a couple of um, other things because uh, Johnny, uh, you're going to be famous after tonight, aren't you? <laughs> but, oh, um, maybe. Um, yes, I will be on the um, Negative Positives podcast this evening that we are recording to talk about a whole bunch of different things. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that anything will top the last episode they did with them with uh, Andre the Sleeping Giant um, and uh, of course Mike Mike Know Nothing Gutterman. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I, they've I think they've they've hit a peak here this week in terms of entertainment value and controversy. So we'll see where it goes from there. But I am very much looking forward to doing that tonight. Yes. And, and let's put a plug in for Simon's new podcast, the yeah. large format film photography podcast. What is that? What is it called? L. 
Well, the one where you those yeah. letters. What are those yeah, letters? Well, we say LFPP for just just to, to get around this All one. Right. But, but I guess There's large format that. photography podcast is uh, is the yep. name of the podcast. And uh, the first nothing one is wrong out. With that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I've made it largely so that Carl doesn't have to listen to me talking about large format anymore. So uh, um, that's good. And um, oh, I, I talked a little bit more about this, but uh, um, yeah, it's out. It's on. It's not on, on iTunes just yet, but it will be. And it's myself and Andrew Bartram. Andrew Bartram does the uh, Lensless podcast with Corey Cannon. Um, so uh, um, it's the two of us talking about large format. And the first episode um, is a introduction to large format, which is pretty much what it what, what is, I need uh, because that's the, the whole premise of the uh, the podcast is that Andrew knows what he's talking about and I know nothing. Um, I thought yeah. I knew a bit about stuff, but uh, you know, you go out there with a large format camera and you think, what on earth is going on here? Um, it's really a starting again. So um, anybody that's been uh, this harbored an interest in large format, uh, but really has been a bit intimidated by it and it's quite easy to be intimidated by large format photography um then this might be a good place for you to start so uh so yeah so episode one is out now we're going to be the idea is to do this once a month um except we've already decided we're going to have to do it more often than that because we've been talking to some really interesting people in the large format uh, photography world and frankly we don't want to wait six months before we get to talk to some of these people so uh, we're going to put it out a little bit more often than that but uh, certainly it's no plans for it to be a, a weekly thing so uh, there's enough film photography podcasts out there anyway so um, there's only so much time that people have to listen to these things so um yeah so we'll so if, if someone was when. if someone was very um technologically savvy and they wanted to get into shooting film could, could they start with large format or do they really need to work their way up to think from a 35 millimeter <sighs> Would it be a real heavy lift to do that? It's like it's like it's it's ultimately it's going to be down to the person, and and I think yeah. uh, large format is something that it it just isn't for everybody. Um, yeah. And for somebody to start in that, then it might put somebody off photography for life. Yeah. So the, the cost yeah. is, the, is the cost quite high in terms of initial investment, probably right, rather than just picking up a thirty-five millimeter camera, right? Not, yeah. Well, yeah. It's 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 certainly going to be cheaper doing doing a smaller format, but you you can do large format on the cheap. I mean, that's how I got into it. It was on yep. the cheap, um, but the the costs, like like a lot of these things, they can rack up. But you know, you can spend a lot more money in in, in thirty-five millimeter or digital photography. Um, you know, you can buy. Uh, a really really good large format camera use large format camera um, yeah. that would be like professional standards a few you know, several years ago even now um, for relatively a, a relatively small amount of money uh, I think the cost yeah, okay. tends to come in with uh, what you use to shoot so if you're using the cheap film like I do um, mm -hmm. you can get away with shooting about what it costs you about a pound a photograph or uh, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. that is in dollars mm -hmm. um, but if you start using slide film or color film, then you 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 can be up to like ten ten pounds a shot or something like that. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, it all depends what you use, and uh, and I do I'm certainly not good enough to uh, start uh, spending any more than one pound a photograph at the moment. So uh, okay. So now I, I I know all. That's, I asked you that stuff because now I know all I need to know, and I don't have to listen to any of your podcasts. <laughs> 
Oh my god! Um, no, don't start with large format people. No. Okay, um, no. let's uh, <laughs> quickly go through the uh, the coffee donations that, that that we had, which we had a few uh, donations or bribes, you know, because some people, some people. No, don't go there. Yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we've we've it wouldn't uh, be fair. We've we've done Chris Holland, and uh, my my pick of the Raynox lens was completely unconnected with the coffee donation that we had. <laughs> off in this um, and uh, Ian Fleming uh, said, "Great podcast, folks." Uh, Nigel Cliff uh, again, um, uh, another quality uh, show, well worth uh, a couple of coffees. That was talking about uh, the show with Perry G, which was a really good show. Um, uh, Sialist also sent a message, which uh, my dyslexia is stopping me from re reading out. And uh, but thank you all the same. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's it for the coffee support. So um, thank you for that. Uh, I just want to say uh, next week I'm going to do a. I'm going to do. I'm going to be at the Mega Analog Photography Meetup or whatever it's called at the NEC, um, which is at the Photography Show um, at the NEC, uh, meeting lots of um, uh, like-minded uh, analog-minded uh, people, um, and there are a few people from that I know they're uh, in, involved with the Classic Lenses Group are going to it. Um, you can find more details on 35mmc. Uh, it's also on uh, photowart.me, so uh, I think the idea is to meet there at about 11 o'clock, um, just before like the, well, it's actually, you go through the first part of the entrance, but you don't go into the main hall, and I think that's where we're all going to be uh, together, there's going to be loads of us there, so that's... Uh, Organised by uh, Hamish Gill and the Sunbeams um, from uh, um, uh, what's what's, what's their podcast? Sunday Sixteen. Um, so uh, they'll be there. I'll be there. Andrew Bartram will be there, which will be the first time I've actually met him, even though I've done a podcast with him. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's. I think that's it for my shout outs this week. How about you, Carl? I'm, I'm going to say one more thing about there. Yeah, the Raynox lens. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, no, I, I don't want uh, it to come across like um, I was giving the um, the gentleman a hard time who reviewed the Raynox lens. He, he did a nice he did a nice review and he made comparison shots. But you know what it brings to mind is that um, you've got to be really careful what you take out of a review that someone does of a camera or a lens because really what counts is. Is how, how does it work for you? And so, um, you know, I've had a number of different rangefinder cameras, and I, I really like my, my Voigtlander Bessa R3A. I like the way it feels in my hand when, when I'm using it. I'm, I have fun. I just, it, it feels right to me. Um, it takes photos the way that I want them to in the conditions that I'm shooting them in. Um, when I go to, out to um, this farmer's market I'm talking about, I like that Nikkor 105 because I can really quickly get a good focus on someone and the background's blurred nice. And and so the lens reviews where people are shooting at targets and things, they're, they're not real helpful to me because I got to take the things, I've got to take, I'd have to take the 135s out and use them uh, uh, to tell you whether I like them or not. That, that's where I was coming from. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Johnny? Uh, I do have a shout-out real quick. Um, I met this week at Central Camera. I met Sam and Alex from Michigan. They stopped in. They got some R09. They got some fix. They're going to do some film developing. So uh, good to meet you guys, and happy developing. All right. That's cool. And I think we had uh, oh, I think we had a couple of emails, which I think we'll, we'll get to that potentially next week now. Yeah. Uh, and on the... 
episode 61, I think it's going to be, uh, which would be, is that going to be the 25th? Yeah, that'll be the 25th of March. Um, we're going to be joined uh, by Nick Lyle, um, who is one of the co-hosts of um, the Homemade Camera podcast, uh, which is a uh, um, podcast I've been uh, catching up on and uh, mentioned on, on the show a couple of times. But, uh, amongst many things that uh, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about adapting lenses, which is something that we do all the time, of course. Cool. Yep. But, I, um, I, won't, I, won't, I won't be there for that one. That's oh, my okay. okay. My camera club, the third Sunday oh, of every camera. month. Remember? Yeah. Camera club. Carl's camera club. Yeah. Carl's um, camera. It's not Carl's camera club. It's the camera cafe. Okay. Gainesville camera cafe. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh. Did you did you hand the letter in or, or... no? Okay. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's it's like it's like a, a sick note that you give to give to your child when they go to school. I, you perhaps you don't do that kind of thing in America. I don't I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, Nick Nick will be joining us, and, um, and the the point I'm making about about Nick is um, yes, we we adapt lenses all the time, um, but there are lenses that are not. You could argue none of these lenses were, were meant to be used on digital and other cameras and things, um, but there are there are lots of lenses out there that are just plainly weird, or um, they're on bellows cameras, or uh, they're just very very tough to uh, to mount. And uh, Nick is somebody that uh, not only can mount just about anything to anything. You know, he, he he helps like well, he he builds his own cameras, so he understands. Um, in the, in a, a good amount of detail about how to actually uh, mount lenses, why they need to be a certain distance away from the from the sensor, um, and just weird and wonderful ways of actually just finding ways of putting things on other than perhaps sellotape, which is what I tend to use. Um, so yeah, so he'll be on in a, a couple of weeks. Okay, so uh, Johnny, um, how can uh, people keep up with you? Oh, you can keep up with me on Instagram uh, at, at System Photography. You can also talk to me in person at Central Camera Company in Chicago. I am there um, every day except for Sunday and Monday. So stop by and say hello. And Cole? And you can get me... Um, I was just thinking about something else. I was thinking, if you screw up the audio on this one, like you did this morning, <laughs> we're I'm going to reach over we're across not the ocean and I'll throttle you. Yeah, we're no, not, um, we are not doing this again. <laughs> You can um, find me on the Facebook page, Photography with Classic Lenses, and on Flickr, uh, Carl Havens, and on Instagram, Carl Havens. And uh, I can be found um, on Instagram as uh, Simon Forster Photographic. I'm on Twitter as Simon Four. I've uh, got a website which is simonforsterphotographic.co.uk, but there's not much doing with that at the moment. Um, going to be going back onto Flickr soon when I've when I've paid my dues um, because I'm locked out of that at the moment um, really want to say sorry for the quality of this episode um, <laughs> I, I, I hope it's uh, it's been reasonable for you I mean I'll say again, it was so good earlier it really was I wish you could be here um, but it's it, 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 it didn't happen so um, sorry about that it was all my fault um, and uh, so finally just want to say thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com uh, for our theme music which is Octo Blues and I hope you've enjoyed this well I'm oh, hold on go for it we skipped a whole bit there did we what 
Yeah. Oh, we did. We You're right. This we, is where John. Yeah. We, no, we say we. Honey. You. You. You forgot yeah. the time but oh, you, you just skipped. You just went right to the end. You didn't even give me a chance. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm obligated to say, here's how you can contact the podcast. Right. First of all, you should be going to classiclensedpodcast.com because that is a new home for this podcast where you can get more and better and more and more uh, information about each podcast and about us and the whole deal that's the home of the podcast so um, so you should go there you can listen there you can listen wherever you want but if you go there you can get the notes for the show and you can see things like uh, notes about all of us you can see all of our contact information so all those things we mentioned about where you can find us you can find links to all that right there on the podcast um, you can find the Kofi donation thingy there you can find all sorts of stuff there, but you can also find there the contact page where you can send us an email. You can find the contact page where you can sign up to get an email from us about each podcast. You can also find a link to Best Vintage Lens on Instagram, uh, who does the show notes review recap of each podcast, which is better than the podcast itself, especially this episode. <laughs> I, I dread to think what he's, what, what he's going to say. We talk about, we, we've talked about Ricardo Bayon, friend of the show. Yes. Here, okay. Friend of the yeah. show, writes the best overview of each episode. Better it's than the great. Topic. So you should also, if you're posting on Instagram, you should be using the hashtags, hashtag classic lens is and hashtag best vintage lens to get featured on the best, in, best vintage lens Instagram account on Instagram. Yep. All right. Okay. That's all that. All right. Okay. That's all, all good. Right. So, yes. thank you for bearing with us this week. Um, hopefully, we haven't put you off for coming back next week. If if you do, then come back in two weeks when we've got Nick Lyle, who will probably restore some credibility to the show. Um, so, thank you for being with us uh, this week, and uh, hopefully, we'll be back with you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>